0: You're listening to The Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of The Frugal Spender Podcast, Thank you very much for listening and you're probably wondering what on earth is this all about? So I have been creating content about money and in particular personal finance now for about a year and a half and selfishly this seems like a natural progression from creating YouTube videos, from creating graphics on Instagram and short videos on TikTok all about money and how you can improve your financial situation, leading me to thinking about and eventually, as you can hear, creating a podcast about the subject. I consume content mainly in audio form, whether that's a podcast or YouTube in the background, whatever I do, whether it's driving, at the gym, taking a walk, even having a shower. I like to listen to things, not necessarily always educational, but I like to have a input of audio where it gives me something to think about. And I'm aware that that is probably how the majority of people now want to and like consuming content from audiobooks to YouTube to podcasts. People in their busy lives tend not to have much time or convince themselves anyway, including myself that we don't have enough time to sit down and read books and blogs and things that we find interesting and actually would be important to learn because it would improve our lives. We always have time to listen to something because we can do it whilst we're doing other things. So that's why I've decided to create this podcast because I think I can disseminate the information that I've consumed over the last couple of years that has really, really helped me and I hope that it can help you too whether you're in the same situation that I was in previously, where I was struggling with personal debt, or if you are financially okay, and you just want to learn more about all things personal finance, whether it's saving money, investing money, getting out of debt, how to give money to people, all of these things that are relevant to everybody, some more so than others, But if we all have this knowledge, then we are going to be better off for it. So I guess it's probably good to start with who am I? So my name is Brian and I live in a little place in between Cheltenham and Gloucester in the southwest of the UK. Um, I wasn't always from here. I grew up in a town, a little town called Fishhook in Cape Town in South Africa. I lived there until I was 14 years old before I came to the UK Um, and that really shaped me into who I am today whether that's my personality, my lifestyle or my money and the reason why I bring that up is because I strongly believe that the money mindsets that we have, the things we do around money are very strongly shaped by our upbringing and the conversations that we heard, the things we saw our parents and family and friends do with money and what we believe to be normal and acceptable and things that we want to strive for are based around the experiences that we've had. I grew up in the 90s in South Africa where It was just off the tail of the apartheid, which, if you don't know, was a very distressing time, a couple of decades in South Africa, whereby black people were segregated. um, And there was a lot of racism from the white government in South Africa, which led to a lot of divide between people in South Africa. Before I was born, that would have been the divide between white and black people. This shaped an economy in South Africa, which was... Let's say not stable. Here in the UK, we have benefits available to the less fortunate, whether that's if you're disabled, whether you don't have a job, whether you can't afford to work because you've just had a baby. The taxes that we all pay collectively, that pot is distributed across many things, but one of those things is the benefits to the citizens who need more than what they would have if they lived in a country that didn't have this sort of support. One of those countries is South Africa. There is no support system. If you break your leg, you go to the hospital. You have to pay to get that leg fixed. There's no such thing as a free ticket or a free lunch in South Africa. And as a result of that, it has caused a divide between the wealthy and the poor, a divide that is growing exponentially. The richer really are becoming richer. And the poor people are becoming more and more desperate, which leads to higher crime rates, which leads to poor people having no other choice but to potentially steal from from the rich people just to live hand to mouth. So growing up, I had a taste of real poverty. Not myself necessarily, but seeing around me what real poverty was. It isn't, you know, choosing between Netflix or um a takeaway it was i may not eat for a week and i need to feed my children how am i going to do that so seeing that i think really shaped my view on poverty and the need for people to understand how to make money for themselves now in south africa it's capitalist in the sense that anybody who has a good idea and provides value to others can monetize it just as any in any other country if you have the resources to do that in South Africa you can make a lot of money regardless of whether you're white or black or whatever your gender is you can succeed other people have a huge advantage of potentially growing up in a wealthy family I did not grow up in a wealthy family my mother and father split up when I was five years old I had two siblings, a brother and a sister, so my mum single-handedly raised us from, you know, from a very young age until I came here to the UK. Now it's important to remember that you don't get child benefit, which some would say, you know, it's not a lot of money, but it certainly helps. It covers the absolute basics if the worst were to happen. And because that isn't available, there's a lot of pressure on a single parent or even two parents in a country like South Africa to um, make sure that you can earn enough money to get by. So my mum, you know, didn't earn a great wage but she earned enough to put food on the table and have a roof over our heads. I never had the latest iPod, iPad, laptop, PlayStation when a lot of my friends did. So I always felt like um, I was almost deprived in a way even though I knew my mum was working very hard to do what she was doing and to put food on the table and it certainly didn't go without the basics put it that way but what I felt at the time was that I was being excluded because we couldn't afford something and that was all the way up until age sort of 13 14 we came to the UK one of my family members my grandfather got quite ill with cancer so we came to the UK essentially um, to say goodbye to him and I think my Mum and my stepdad at the time, who obviously had a conversation beforehand, and decided that coming to the UK was probably the best thing to do for everybody in the family, especially myself. Uh, my brother and my sister were older than me, so I was just a young teenager at the time. And at that point in early two thousands, South Africa was only getting worse and more dangerous. And because I have British heritage, I was able to to come to the UK, no problem. So I understand why that happened now not at the time I certainly didn't but we went from a country that is third world country historically quite poverty stricken to the UK which is obviously one of the wealthiest countries in the world with not a lot of money between us to start a new life so again the cycle started again whereby my mum took a pretty entry-level job um, and they were able to purchase a home which in itself is a, a huge feat but again what it meant was when I went to school is I was almost at the bottom of the food chain again for what I had. The difference was everybody around me, and there were a lot of people who came from uh, lower income families who were on benefits, but they still seemed to have more than what I had growing up. They were still given more from their parents. So this mindset really developed within me that I just was never going to have anything nice or good. And it made me want it more. Fast forward till I was 18, my mother moved away to Dubai. She got offered quite a good job out there and I was 18 years old. I was kind of forced to make a decision. Do I go to Dubai with my mother? And on paper, probably have a really great life in the sunshine and in a tax haven. And, you know, who knows what would have happened if I made that decision, but I didn't. I decided to stay in the UK because I had started a job um, as a bartender, made some friends, um, and I thought, no, I'm going to stay here and see, you know, see what I can do. Fast forward then 11 or 12 years, um, I'm 28 years old. I've been with my partner, Georgie, for almost 10 years at this point. And we have a young daughter, Isla. My partner, Georgie, was always inherently, intuitively good with money. Annoyingly, actually. Annoyingly, because she never really learned about it, but she just, she was just very good at at just managing money. And there's no reason why but she just obviously was just a bit risk adverse, was always good at saving a bit of money, putting it aside, never had a credit card, was always just good with money and I, I, based on my previous mindset with money, as soon as I was able to earn it from the age of 18 when my mother moved away, I would spend every single penny, every single penny I got. If I earned £600 one month I would be down to zero within a couple of weeks. I wouldn't buy expensive things, but I just knew I had money there and it was burning a hole in my pocket. So I would just spend it. I think that really does come from my younger mindset of I would never really had anything given to me by my mum or dad. So now that I have the opportunity to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy what I can afford right to the the roof of what I can afford. You know, if I want a TV and I've got 600 pounds, I'm going to buy 600 pound TV. And I think a lot of people listening to this can probably resonate with that. When you get paid, you quite often mysteriously get your balance down to zero, some sooner than others. But by the end of the month, people are normally looking forward to getting paid because things are getting a bit tight or you live to your means is the old saying. And it's very true. Regardless of what you earn, you always, always live to your means. You can be a very wealthy person who earns £20,000 a year and a very poor person who earns £500,000 a year. Because if you earn £500,000 a year and you spend £550,000 a year because a lot of credit's available to you on a credit card or loans, you're minus. If you earn £20,000 a year and you can live on ten, and you're investing £10,000 a year, you're going to build up wealth very quickly. It all comes to how you view money, your thoughts around it, and your future goals. Now, we could go very deep into this subject and we will across the span of future episodes, but What I really want you to think about is money mindset and what it is your mindset is. There's going to be positive and there's going to be negative elements to, I think, every mindset. Everybody's different. But have you made financial decisions leading up to this point today, that you can probably attribute to your upbringing or your discussions with your family or your lack of discussions with your family. So my mum, growing up, never discussed money, really. I didn't know what she earned. I never saw her budget I was never really given pocket money to learn how to manage my own money and was told, you know, put put a little bit aside for the future. Dare I say, we almost lived hand to mouth. So our, our vision for the future was, was only a couple of steps ahead. You know, people talk about time horizons and when you have money, you have the ability to look further into the future because you know you've got stores of money to plan for the future. And for me, this is a big reason why people with not a lot of money have a YOLO mindset. Because if you haven't got a lot of money, when you get it, you do want to just live for the now. Enjoy it, because you have it. When you have quite a lot of money, you understand, okay, I can eat. I have a roof over my head. I have a car. I can put fuel in that car. I can heat up my house with electricity. I can drink the water. And I have more money left over. Even after I had to do a couple of things that potentially I just enjoy for the sake of it. I have money left over. So what am I going to do with this money? Which often leads to people to think about the future. I'm going to save it. I'm going to invest it. I'm going to buy property with it. That's a luxury of having so-called spare money. When you don't have that luxury, you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about, I have this money now. I might not have it again. YOLO. Let's go out, let's go get drunk and waste all this money and have a great time because memories, memories, memories. I get it. I've been in both of those situations. I really have. Only two years ago did I start learning about money. The mindset that I had with money led me to a point where I was spending money on a credit card that I didn't have. Now, like I said before, I started my career as a bartender at the age of 18 and you might laugh me calling that a career, but I really actually did make a bit of a career out of it. I worked for TGI Fridays in uh, the southwest of the UK from age 18 to probably 23, 24. I worked my way up to uh, what's known as a master bartender, which is quite an esteemed acclaim within the company. There was only seven in the UK, actually at the time only seven in the world. So I spent a lot of time doing a lot of research, learning about bartending, doing competitions in the UK. Um, 2012, I believe it was, I became the second best bartender in the UK. I kind of had that mindset, if I'm going to do this, this isn't the most esteemed job in the world, but I enjoyed it and I was good at it. So why not try and be the best? I was very close, I only came second. But the point is, I put everything into it. I did make what some would say a career out of it because i enjoyed it there was progression in it for me up until the point where i realized i was 25 26 um i had a young daughter i wanted to do something that had a you know a future that would be safe in a job that i always wanted to do and for me that job was being a police officer it's a bit of a different job to what i was previously doing to a certain degree I was well equipped to deal with conflict as you do with drunk people quite often. And I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to help people, which is the cliche answer that everybody gives when they become a police officer or want to become a police officer. But it is true. If you know any police officers or you potentially are one yourself, you would definitely know what I'm talking about. This is a quality that not only the police, but any public sector employee will have. It's a thankless job. When you join the NHS, you know you're not going to get paid. Amazingly, but you're going to affect people's lives in a way that yes, it's going to bring you some sort of element of joy, but you're going to make some sort of difference to the world, and that for me was a big driving force as to why I wanted to join the police so at the age of twenty eight I got accepted into the police, which coincided with quite a big pay cut from around about thirty grand a year down to nineteen grand a year. It's quite significant when you got a mortgage that's based on your 30 grand salary and also my partner, Georgie's. And it also coincided with, for some reason, I thought it'd be a really good idea to start gambling money. And I say, you know, that's strange. It wasn't strange. It made perfect sense because my mindset was, I don't have a lot of money. I know I need a lot of money. I'm anticipating not having much money in the future. How can I make money and how can I do it quick? Well, the answer is kind of twofold, really. I can either do the lottery and win it. Chances are pretty slim. Or I can just try and gamble some my money and maybe I can, you know, win a few grand and that will solve my problems. So I went for the latter, which in hindsight, they're both gambling really. But I went, I just, I mean, I never really gambled much previously. I had no idea what I was doing. So stupidly, I, uh, I had no money spare to gamble Was I had afford to lose, but I had a credit card that I'd built up credit from when I was younger, which was poor credit. Um, you know, from the age of 18, I never really managed money well as you can probably tell. Um, And as a result, I had a, I can't remember what the name the credit card was now. It was one of those credit cards that help you build up your credit score. So anyway, I used that credit card, I think I put £100 maybe into a William Hill, and I made a few bets. And for some reason, I decided to choose basketball as the sport of choice to gamble into. Now, I'm five foot eight on a good day, so I can assure you basketball is not my subject. But I strangely began winning I I started choosing the right team that was going to win and and this wasn't like the NBA this was just like Indonesian basketball games that were happening at two o'clock in the morning these were not high profile games but I was betting on who was going to win and the goal difference between the two or the basket difference that's my limited knowledge of basketball for you there and for some I still to this day have no idea how I did it but I got up to close to 2000 pounds in my account this was over the span of about three or four months and I was plus 2000 and I thought I've cracked it this system I why is nobody else doing this this is really easy um, and I think that's quite a big story for a lot of people who who struggle with gambling is that initial bit you know if I'd lost that money maybe I wouldn't have put any more money in but it was that oh I won some money, oh, maybe I can win some more money. So kind of the idea of living to your means, once my balance got up to about 2,000 pounds, that to me was money, that that's the money I had now. That's that's what I have. I want more, that's not enough, I want more. But if you said to me in the beginning, you know, here's 2,000 pounds, I'm putting in my bank, I'd went, like, oh, I feel significantly more you know, wealthy as a result of this. But because I just gradually won it over a couple of months, I was like, this is just, this is, it's not enough. I want more. I want more. And that sort of greed definitely came from uh, this mindset that I previously had with money, my lack of knowledge about money and and how to manage it and what money really was. So a long story short, I lost that £2,000 pretty quickly afterwards. You know, the tables definitely turned and over the span of another three, four, maybe five months, I had maxed out my £5,000 credit card. And another, I think, £500 credit card that I had as well with low balance on it. So I had no money available within those. And I was on a very low salary for the foreseeable future. And I hid this all from my partner, which obviously in hindsight, not a smart move. But I'm forever grateful for the person I was at that time. And I'll tell you why. I wouldn't be making this podcast had I not reached that all-time low. I would never have been forced to search on YouTube or Google, how do I get out of debt? How do I learn to be good with money? How do I learn to manage money? How do I get out of this horrendous hole that I'm currently in? Now, I can remember distinctly the lowest point where I was sitting on the sofa. I felt alone. I felt ashamed. I felt trapped. I felt useless because I'd put myself into the situation. I had no idea how I got there. Well, I did know but I couldn't quite believe that I'd put myself there and I'd done it in such a way that I didn't include my partner. I would pretty much jeopardized our future because of this greed for just wanting, not even a lot of money, just just enough, but enough wasn't tangible because I had £2,000. If I went to my partner and said, look, I've got £2,000, which I didn't have before, she would have been happy. And if I'd stopped there, you know, we would have been two grand better off, but I didn't. And that moment where i sat there and just really felt lost i cried i panicked the very next day i came across a youtube channel after trawling the internet a youtube channel called the dave ramsey show now dave ramsey i'm sure if you listen to my podcast you've probably heard his name or listened to his stuff already but if you haven't he is an american financial guru is the term that's quite often used he's helped millions and millions of people get out of debt um, by being quite passionate about how much he hates it. And that resonated hugely with me because I, at that moment in time, absolutely despised debt. I hated that I owed this money to this, you know, credit card company. They had almost tricked me in a way by giving me money that wasn't mine and then demanded that I paid it back at a high interest rate. And it was all my fault. I mean, I can't really blame them. I went into it or should have gone into it with the knowledge of what I was doing, but most people don't. So I was angry at them and I was angry at debt and I consumed God knows how many hours of his talk show where people call in and with their money problems and he basically quite often shouts at them and in between the shouting gives very good financial advice, very sound old school advice about having some savings, getting out of debt. This is how you invest, overpay your mortgage. All these things you've heard that are quite boring, but work. So I kind of surrendered myself and said to myself, okay, well, this is a plan. He has a very structured step, which he calls the baby steps of how to sort your finances out. So I did it. And from the moment that I started consuming it till 10 months later, I was debt free. And I I really do kind of give a lot of that to to Dave Ramsey's content because I listen to it every day, in and amongst other content. But that was kind of the one that, um, the constant that kept me going and motivated me. And I did everything I could. I picked up hours at work. I sold stuff. I paid off the debt. And I can't explain to you how freeing that was, becoming debt-free. Once I did that, I moved on to learning about how to grow my money because I was back to zero. I was back to having nothing, but it felt good because it wasn't minus. I didn't. I wasn't a slave to somebody else. This was whatever I do now is for me and my family. This isn't giving it to some big corporation. So this was early 2020 where obviously COVID hit the world and life stood still. My job of being a police officer at the time meant that I still went to work. I still had an income which was very, very safe, because at that time, you know, the frontline emergency services were needed more than ever. But in my downtime and days off, you know, I was confined to my house just as everybody else was, which allowed me to have a lot of free time to consume information. And I didn't spend it on Candy Crush. I spent it reading books about money and consuming podcasts and watching YouTube. So I read in the region of 50 books in 2020, all on the subject of money, most of it personal finance. I read thousands of blogs, I'd say, and consumed probably thousands of hours of YouTube, all relating to the same subject. So I really went in deep with this money stuff, and I got really obsessed with it, and I still am really obsessed with it. So I thought, I have a bit of a unique story, really, because I was recently in debt, relatively to what I earned was a lot of debt. I very quickly, relatively again, got out of debt and was able to begin investing my money into the stock market, which to me was an element of gambling because that's what I thought it was. But once you educate yourself on these things, you understand what it really is and you start becoming comfortable doing it. It's a strange feeling because not even a year after my lowest point, I felt like I knew so much About personal finance and how to manage my money, way more than any of my friends and family knew. And I wanted to help other people in a way that hopefully they would listen because my family weren't going to listen to me. My friends weren't going to listen to me. I didn't have money. What on earth do I know about money? Which is fair. It's a fair point, which is why I started creating content online because you can reach not only a wider audience, but you can almost have a beginning of a relationship with these people they don't know you as somebody who's useless with money. Even though I talk about it so openly, like I was absolutely useless with money, but I'm giving some sort of resolution at the same time. And it's funny because two years into doing this, my friends and family now do ask me questions about money because I've built up this level of trust in the sense that they thought, you know, a few months after I read a book about money, I felt like I could help them. And you know, the information I had could have helped them for sure. But they were, they were never going to believe me or trust what I was saying to be accurate, because I didn't have a proven track record. as time goes on, and I can show them my investments because I'm very open about that, what I invest in, where I invest it, you know, how investing works, why you need to invest, which are all subjects that I'm going to get into across future episodes. But they were not ready to consume what I had to say. And by putting this information out to the world, like this podcast, like my YouTube, like my Instagram, I wanted to help other people. So after four and a half years of being in the police, I decided to leave. And I'll do an episode in the future about that, how money relates to the public sector and all the reasons why I left. But I have now left um, the police and I am self-employed. My partner and I run a business together, a social media management company. And I, um, I spend a lot more time on frugal spender and helping people... With their personal finances. And the subject in particular that I like to help people with is their money mindset. So I've gone on enough about me and my story, but I thought it was important for you to know a bit more about me in this initial episode, because going forward, we're going to go deeper and deeper into personal finance and specific subjects. And and I'm going to talk to people who have something useful and valuable to say that will help you. But before this first episode comes to an end, I'd really Ask you to really consider what your money mindset is. What's your relationship like with money? Are you in a lot of debt because you want to impress other people by buying nice clothes, a nice car, a house you can't afford? Are you somebody who doesn't spend any money on themselves at all because you're terrified of feeling like you're spoiling yourself and you're hoarding money in a savings account or under your bed? neither of those two things are healthy. You may be absolutely, you know, buy the book with money and have a good amount of savings and you're investing and you have no debt. And that's great. If that's you, keep listening because everything that's going to come in the future on this podcast is only going to motivate you to continue doing that. But you're probably listening to this and you're thinking of at least one, one thing you do with money that is potentially not healthy or is not coming from a good place. Now, I'm not perfect but being conscious and aware of these things is going to help your situation and over time is going to make you wealthy for the good for good reasons not just for the sake of having money but having money for the right reasons to be able to have freedom and to have the right money mindset throughout the rest of your life so thank you very much again for listening to my very first podcast I hope you enjoyed it please I know this is the first episode but leave a review on whatever platform you're currently listening to this on because there's only going to be useful interesting content going forward and if there's something that you want me to talk about or a subject that you want to hear me talk to somebody else about please let me know head to fruitwithspender.co.uk or hit me up on any of the social media platforms that i'm on whether it's youtube instagram or tiktok i'll see you next week peace